I wonder if your feelings on this matter are clear, Lord Vader. They are clear, my master. Then you must go to the Sanctuary Moon and wait for him. He will come to me? I have foreseen it. His compassion for you will be his undoing. He will come to you, and then you will bring him before me. As you wish. Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar. Welcome to another deliriously drawn episode of Mandovision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is, of course, on social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show at MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. How is everyone doing? Welcome back to another bonus episode we continue our may the 4th coverage yeah we're drawing it out a little bit but you know it's kind of our month it's the month of star wars and we're just gonna lean into that why not let's just take it over take it all the way over so we're here we're still talking about star wars visions volume 2 we'll be doing episodes we'll be talking about episodes four through six uh and some uh very interesting episodes in here we, we continue our tour around the globe of the various animation studios around the world, providing their unique visions for Star Wars. And yeah, some interesting ones in this one. I know in the first installment, uh, I wasn't super familiar with the studios uh, involved in those first three episodes. And that had more to do with me not being like super plugged into animation stuff right now. Uh, but these three uh, studios that we have in this installment... Uh, two of them I'm a little bit more familiar with, so that was exciting. I was like, wait, I recognize that. Wait, I recognize that. So that was sort of fun for me to uh, discover, I guess is the word I want to go with there. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and dive into that. Uh, I did want to say, or kind of share one little thing, one little tidbit. Since our first installment... Uh, between here, this this one and that one, I went to the movies. I saw a movie, and it was glorious, and I thought I'd tell you all about it. Well, not all about it. I just thought I'd tell you. Go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It's really good. It's a lot of fun. 
there's a ton of stuff in it. It's got, you know, the action, the emotion, all the heart, all the all the all the guns, all the things. It's all the things that you could uh, possibly want for the conclusion of the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. Uh, and and uh, you know, it's you can't compare Guardians of the Galaxy to Star Wars necessarily. They don't, you know, they're not apples and apples. But it's a lot of fun, like you're in a Star Wars movie. So go check it out. There is a little tiny bit of Star Wars news out there. Um, I didn't talk about it on our previous episode. Uh, and it's probably for the best because it's sort of has, there's been a development since, since uh, we would have initially talked about it. But uh, I, I'm sure we've all heard that the, the Writers Guild of America is on strike, uh, and rightly so. It's, it's time that these, uh, these, these fine people uh, get compensated more fairly. For, for what's the, the, the changing entertainment landscape out there, you know? I don't want to go into the, the, the depths of it all, but I support the writer's strike 100%. I think these studios are taking advantage of them. <laughs> and, and hey, they should be compensated. Their work is, is, is vital to us enjoying our entertainment. Uh, how does this pertain to Star Wars? Well, you know, we all know that, that Andor Season 2 is in production. Tony Gilroy, a very, uh, very talented writer of, the, of things, and of season one of Andor, you know, played a crucial part in, in guiding that ship on a story direction. You know, he wrote a bunch of the episodes, and he, he, he steered it in the, in the proper course to make it the show that it was. Uh, initially, he was like, oh, yeah, no, the scripts are done, locked. I'm going to be—I'll just be the producer on, on season two of Andor, and we'll move ahead. Well, I wonder if—you know, I guess after that statement came out, he was uh, sort of attacked by, by many peers in the industry— and, and uh, now he's decided that uh, he will fully remove himself from season two production of Andor while, while, they, uh, while they proceed with the show during the strike. Uh, Andor is one of several shows that didn't halt production when the writer's strike started. Uh, I believe the other two shows were, were other uh, massive big tentpole IPs as well, like uh, uh, Game of Thrones, the, the House of the Dragon show on HBO, and... Uh, the Amazon Lord of the Rings, Power of the Rings series, and Andor. Those are like the three top, you know, uh, productions that are still going on despite the writers' strike. Uh, so Gilroy was was going. His initial intent was to stay on board and and just be the producer, right? And I can, you know, he's like I can produce. Well, you're also still a member of the Writers Guild, and I guess ultimately he decided that uh, to show his full support for the Writers Guild, he would step back fully from production on, on Andor. Will that lead to any diminishing returns? I don't know. You know, it, it sounds like Andor had its scripts like fairly locked, but having a presence like Tony Gilroy on the set to kind of make last minute adjustments or tweaks or dialogue runs or any of those little things, uh, that, you know, maybe there is an impact. Maybe there is going to be a consequence for Disney pushing through this production despite not having. Uh, the, 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 the brains behind the show on set. So we, we will have to take, take a wait-and-see approach to it. Uh, obviously, with, with the show still doing its, still maintaining its production schedule, the idea is that we'll get the show later this summer. Not this summer, excuse me, next, next summer. My goodness, that would have been a crazy turnaround, right? Um, but we'll have to wait and see. There's plenty of evidence out there of shows that have suffered horribly during during the, the when they try to continue production during writer strikes during labor issues, um, and and again you can go onto the internet and find those those various things out and and it's not good 
it's a bad track record. A lot of films, a lot of TV shows get impacted when these things happen. Uh, and, the, and the productions that dare to move forward without having their writers on set, um, there is usually not good consequences. We'll just put it that way. And so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. You know, it'd be nice if this was resolved quickly so that Tony Gilroy and, and other uh, the creatives can get, get back to their shows and, and movies and things like that. Uh, but I don't know how quick it will go. Last, the last one lasted, I think, you know, two, three months. So who's to say how long this one will last? But I hope it's resolved. I hope it's in the writer's favor. I hope they get what they want because they, they, uh, they earned it. <laughs> it's probably the best way I'm going to say it. And these studios are reaping the rewards of their hard work and labor. So uh, until they're fairly compensated, Tony Gilroy is stepping back from Andor. And we'll wait and see if there's any ramifications of that in a year or so. All right. So let's go ahead. Uh, we'll get off that sort of negative tip and get into the show proper. Let's talk about Star Wars Visions Volume 2, Episodes 4 through 6. It is time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. I would like to see the baby. All right. First up is I Am Your Mother. Original air date May 4th, 2023. This is from Studio Ardman in the United Kingdom. Again, Animation that I recognize. This is this is the same studio that does that did Wallace Wallace and Gromit. This they, they did Chicken Run. Uh, they have a a very unique, distinct style that's very recognizable, very enjoyable, and they do just like really great story stuff, really great emotion stuff, uh, and and they use like this this really great stop motion uh, animation, and it looks beautiful. The way they did this episode is gorgeous. I was so delighted watching this episode. <laughs> um, and I, I shouldn't even I'm getting ahead of myself let's let's back it up for a second all right uh, this is written directed by Magdalena Osinka our plot for this episode young pilot Annie who is embarrassed by her sweet but clingy mom must team with her for a madcap family race at the academy along the way their relationship is tested by the elements their old ship other races and each other our primary voice cast for this episode we have Maxine Peak, uh Sharithra Shrendon, I hope I said your name correctly, I'm so sorry, Daisy Haggard, BB Cave, and Dennis Lawson. That's right, Wedge Antilles returns to be Wedge Antilles, in a, in a very uh, a funny comedic take on, on Wedge Antilles, if I, can, if I do say so myself. So, this episode is delightful. It is sweet and charming and funny and... and uh, wistful, but it's still, you know, it's got all those Star Wars elements we want. It has Wookiees, and it has Twi'leks, and it has racing and starships, and and uh, apparently uh, several people have told me, but I didn't I didn't see these with my own eyes, but the, the, they've told me that the Mantis from Jedi uh, Survivor is in this is in the episode. Yeah, so they told me there's a there's a, a cameo from a Wallace and Gromit character as well. I am not super well versed on Wallace and Gromit, so I can't speak to that, but. If you are a fan, maybe you could look for those little Easter eggs for yourself. But I was I was just really charmed by this episode. I thought it was, you know, it's a sweet story of a mother and a daughter who, uh, you know, the mother seems overbearing and then the daughter resists and pushes back and doesn't want to include her because she finds her mom embarrassing. It's, you know, it's, it's sort of a very familiar tale, but you get that in a Star Wars story, and it's a lot of fun. I, I don't really know what else I can say about this episode because it's, it's just sweet and charming. It's just an easy watch. It's fun. And it, the race is hilarious. And they have a droid who's like, he looks like an astromech droid, but he also looks like a slinky dog, <laughs> like like a la, a la Toy Story, like the Dachshund slinky dog. 
looks looks kind of like that. So people who know me know I love dachshunds. So that that hit me in a good spot, and I really enjoyed seeing that. It was a lot of fun, uh, and and just I, I don't know everything about this one. And one is just enjoyable. It's just a fun fun episode. It's not heavy. It's not reliant on uh, a, a you know in in depth knowledge of anything Star Wars. It's it's just a super relatable, super understandable story. Beautifully rendered with with the with the studio's work here, uh, and and I you know I looked at its rating on IMDb before I did this episode, and I think it is horribly underrated by by the users of IMDb. Uh, this is a really good episode. It's fun. It's it, again, it's not here to give you. I guess this just goes back to what we've talked about in the past. You know, for a lot of people, Star Wars is one thing. Star Wars is one thing. And only one thing. Uh, and I subscribe to the theory that Star Wars can be all the things to everyone. And this is one of those elements, right? If this isn't, if your idea of Star Wars is, is, is sort of narrow and focused on laser swords and, and Jedi versus Sith mythology stuff, this isn't going to be your episode. And that's, that's fine. That's fair. That's, that's your prerogative. Uh, but I, I encourage people, even if you think you don't need to see a story about a mother and a daughter doing a, doing a race at a, at a training, uh, at a flight academy. Hosted by by Wedge Antilles himself, you're wrong. It's a good episode. I really encourage you to check this one out. Don't overlook it. Again, Wallace and Gromit, Chicken Run. These are great things. Chicken Run's awesome. That's a great flick. So <laughs> check it out. I encourage you. I don't know what else to say about it. It's just a lot of fun. It's it's sweet and loving and amazing. And again, Star Wars. You know, sometimes Star Wars gets uh, it doesn't. Get it, get the credit it deserves for having some heart to it, uh, but this is one of those episodes. This is one of those installments that remind you there is heart in Star Wars. So, yeah, I, I highly encourage you to check this one. I give this, I give this like a solid, like eight buckets. I really, really like this episode a lot. Again, it's, it's, it's just, it's just a fun one. It's fun, you know. And I know I gave the other episodes, a lot of the earlier installments in the Visions Volume Two, like nines. And you, you know what? Maybe I'm being stingy. I'm gonna give it a nine. Nine buckets. I talked myself into it. Nine buckets. It's just a different flavor, but it's still awesome. Check it out. You expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way. Next up, we have episode five, which is Journey to the Dark Head. Original air date, again, May 4th, 2023. This is from Studio Muir in South Korea. And... Uh, again, another studio where uh, it, the animation looked familiar, so when I did a little digging, I was like, oh, wait, I did just watch that. Uh, they just did the Batman, Superman, Super Sons animated film uh, that you can check out. I think it's on HBO Max. I think that's where I watched it. Uh, and and uh, again, very fun, dynamic, uh, uh, sort of anime-influenced art style. And yeah, like I said, you might be familiar, a little bit familiar with some of their work, so it, it's really cool stuff. Uh, it's written directed by uh, Hyung Gwen Park. I hope I said your name correctly. Uh, our plot for this installment, a hopeful mechanic and disillusioned young Jedi team up for a risky and unlikely quest to turn the tide of the Galactic War, but dark forces tail them. And <laughs> yeah, that's actually very astute. Our, our primary cast for this installment, Ashley Park, Eugene Lee Yang, Daniel Day Kim, Albert Kong, Greg Jun, Joella Landry, Judy Alice Lee. <laughs> and as, as different as the I'm Your Mother episode was, this is, the other, this is another 180 degrees back to uh, maybe 
maybe the more accepted version of Star Wars for some people. Again, if you have that that sort of narrow, tightly focused Jedi versus Sith mythology stuff, galactic conflict, if that's your Star Wars cup of tea, this is an episode that I think is geared for you. Uh, it is very much that. It is prophecy. It is lightsabers. It is Sith and Jedi. There's a Jedi Council. There's all kinds of stuff in here. Like This episode is, is just layered with familiarity of, of Star Wars things. And again, it's it's true to that vision's name, right? Like it's not trying to uh, uh, you know, sneak into a, a story into continuity. It's just classic Jedi versus Sith. You have some mythology. You have some prophecy. You have uh, elements of, of I, I, I would think, so there's some influence of the South Korean culture in this as well uh, because it, there is a uniqueness to it. There is a stylistic uniqueness to it that I think is the influence of the culture. And again, that is sort of like the charm of this particular installment of Visions is uh, the way that each of these, these studios are, are taking their societal influences and their, their cultures and kind of infusing it and giving Star Wars a little bit more of a, of, of a unique flavor with each episode in this series. Uh, and I think we get a little bit of that in this episode. Uh, it, you know, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty fun. This is a good one. There's, again, it's Jedi, Sith. There's good action. The animation's intense. It's very fluid. It's very kinetic. There's a lot of energy on the screen in this one. It looks great. It's, it's, it's beautifully rendered. The voice talent is, is pretty darn fantastic. And, again, it, it's very pure Star Wars. So, I think... If you overlook this one, you're making a big mistake. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. It's it's just a really solid, really entertaining episode. And uh, again, this one flies by really, really quickly. It's, it's one of the longer runs, I think. I think this one's closer to 20 minutes. But it's so uh, dense and action-packed that it flies. It really, it, really, it really moves quickly. There's a lot going on, a lot of things happening. Flashbacks kind of, you know, giving us a little bit more of the context of the history. This great galactic war they're talking about. They never, I don't think they ever actually say like empire though. And, and uh, it's so we just know that the, the galaxy is at war. Welcome to Star Wars, right? That's what we do here. <laughs> so a really just solid Star Wars entertainment in this episode. I don't really know. Again, I already said I don't know what to say. I still don't know what to say. It's just Star Wars distilled down to like it's 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 essence and they i think they really nailed it with this one i think it's a really enjoyable fun episode and uh maybe this one may may be my favorite of the season so far we may have a new number one but i'm not certain about that just yet we haven't finished the show we'll have to wrap that up next time all right we'll get to which one was my favorite next time but yet yeah, really good installment get to it don't mess around this is fun star wars uh, and not fun in the way like the I Am Your Mother was fun, like fun, like, oh, this is an action-packed journey of Jedi versus Sith and all that comes with that. So check it out. Good stuff here. Just did the castle run in 12 parsecs. <coughs> not if you round down, buddy. <coughs> yeah. And our third installment for this episode which is actually episode six <laughs> for star wars <laughs> visions volume two is the spy dancer original air date may 4th 2023 this is from a uh, studio la cachette la, la cachet because it's, it's it, they're in france so i'm saying maybe it's cachet <laughs> or my french is just terrible you you guys let me know now this is another uh studio that i, I sort of looked at and i was like that looks familiar and i had to do a little bit of a, a google search on this 
Uh, and this is the same studio that, that uh, Jendi Tartakovsky is using for his Primal series. Uh, so I think that's why a little bit of the flavor is there that I recognize from that little piece of animation. And I, I've not watched all of Primal. I've not watched, I've, you know, I've only watched a handful of the, of the episodes, and I do like it. Uh, I, I do just generally enjoy Tartakovsky's work to begin with. Uh, and he has his connections to Star Wars, too. So that's always exciting. <laughs> just, so it'd be fun to have Tartakovsky to come back and do something, wouldn't it? But, you know, I don't know. Maybe that relationship soured since, since Disney's acquisition. I'm not, I'm not 100% certain on that. Uh, our plot for this episode, the premier dancer at a, fa- at a famous Imperial frequented cabaret uses her unique skill set to spy for, for the rebellion. But the presence of a mysterious officer threatens to derail her mission. Our voice cast for this episode, Camille Cotton, Lambert Wilson, Casey Chase, Rudy James, Jeff Cott. Those are our, our main players for this one. Uh, it's written and directed by Julian Shishing. I hope I said that name correctly. They're really testing me on these ones. Uh, this one is kind of classic old-school hand-drawn animation. And that may or may not work for you nowadays. Like our, I think a lot of our minds have, have kind of gotten used to like the more modern animation te- techniques. This is kind of like the classic old school stuff, though. So, like, if you're in my age bracket, I think maybe you'll appreciate this a little bit more than maybe somebody younger than us. Uh, but it's it's beautiful. It's 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 flowing, is probably the best word I can describe it with. It's just this flowing animation style, flowing uh, story, and the characters. Every, it, everything about this episode is flow. Uh, an interesting little uh, piece of trivia for you. The so you'll notice the sort of uniqueness of the way that the characters are rendered, particularly the Imperial characters, the Stormtroopers, the way they're rendered. It's familiar, yet it's different. There's sort of like there's sort of like this chonky look going on with them that I kind of dig, and, and I had a lot of respect for. But if you also noticed, uh, when the troopers first roll up, that's, that's like the design of the old MTV-7 multi-terrain vehicle, which was like one of the first things Kenner did uh, as an add-on toy to expand their Star Wars line. Like, it was never in the first film, wasn't in, in Empire Strikes Back. They just, it was one of those things they just added out, right? Like, they, they tried to try to fill out, build more Star Wars toys for the kids. Uh, so I remember having having that toy, or at least maybe not us having it, but a neighbor having it and playing with it because uh, it would go up and down, and you could do all these things with it. It was it was pretty, pretty wild, pretty fun. So uh, kind of a fun flashback to see that rendered in the animation here. Uh, as far as the story goes... Again, I think it's very heavily like French influenced, right? You know, we have this story of this this dancer in in a in a cabaret house, who, uh, you know, has the ear of of the imperial officers in in her club, and and spies for the for the rebellion. It has so many notes of you know World War II occupied France uh, versus the Nazis that that it's it's. It's not subtle, I guess, is the way I was I was going to, wanted to just sort of say it. But it's kind of a fun twist on that period of of, of French history, of, of of Parisian history in particular. You know, the the way the Nazis occupied France and sort of made it like their kind of playground, right? And the you know we don't we don't get, go into like the notion of collaborators or any of that stuff. That was a very real element of World War II Paris. Uh, but with that in mind. You know, we have sort of like that cultural significance to France. The studio who produced this piece of animation is from France. But it also strikes a very familiar tone to Andor, something that we saw in Andor and the links that people have to go to do things to rebel. 
the way that the links that people have to go to to subvert the tyranny of the empire. Uh, so it, it strikes a lot of familiar, familiar familiar tones on a historical perspective for us in real life, but also uh, it, it connects very nicely to a lot of the other elements of Star Wars that we've been sort of been exploring recently with shows like Andor. Uh, so I really did enjoy that element of it. I thought it was very fun in that sense that we sort of had like these real world connections. We're connecting to mythology in a sense because we're we're you know we're we're, we're bringing that that similar tone. There was one point uh, where I was I sort of wondered if this episode of the series might go in a, in a very different direction from what it went to. Now, what, it, what, it, what we find out is like this dancer, one of the reasons why she's spying for the rebellion is we find out the Empire took her child, this Imperial officer who, who sort of like haunted her, her memories, her dreams, her life, uh, t- steals her child when the Empire first comes to their, to their planet, to their town, and, and, and takes her child away. What we ultimately find out is that child has been raised by the Empire since it's it's you know theft from its from from its mother, uh, and as now the imperial officer in charge of this area of this place of this town of the city of this planet, not quite sure the context is a little vague, um, and it alters the, the trajectory of the story. Like in in a lot of senses, this episode sort of like feels like it should be a part of a series. You know, it, it sets up a lot of things that maybe will pan out, maybe won't. It, it'll be interesting to see if there's ever a follow up in another installment of, of Visions, if there are to be more. Or, or if it were to get like some little spin-off of its own. Um, but so that's the direction it went in. But the direction I thought it might go in, because this cabaret dancer is, is so popular and so alluring to all these imperial uh, troopers and officers that I thought it might go in the direction of Inglorious Bastards, where uh, she, this dancer would lure in all the imperials and then blow up the cabaret club. I guess that might have been a little too intense for an animation series that is you know probably kind of get some 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 young audience members looking at it so maybe blowing up uh, a cabaret club full of, of imperials would be a, a little much and as far as like graphic intensity goes but i like the direction they went in they surprised me they sort of uh, had like a little bit of a plot twist there with with the revelation that the officer that she's trying to kill isn't the one she thinks it is but it's actually like her grown son uh, so that was a nice little twist there, and and it saved it from turning into a, a from turning it into a Tarantino flick. <laughs> so, but really neat dynamic animation. There's a lot of of just really, uh, really just evocative imagery in this one. Like I said, flowing is the word I use to describe this one a lot. And and I think when you watch this one, you'll you'll see exactly what I mean with the flow. The way it, it has like a very, um, you know, I don't. I don't know that reference well enough to use it, so I'm not going to. But if just stick with flow. Flow. Keep that word in your mind as you watch this one because that's what it does. It flows. It flows and it flows and it's quite enjoyable. Uh, I forgot to rank our previous episode. <laughs> so I give that one eight buckets. I give this eight buckets as well. So two really solid entries. Um, don't let that diminish what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, the other ones seem to be getting nines, but the eights are solid too. I, I, I was actually very surprised by the three episodes in this chunk because they are, they are different uh, in a lot of senses. They're very unique. I like the way so far that these episodes are kind of getting mixed around. You know, I don't know what they use to determine the order of which we're, we're viewing them, but I like the order that are playing out because uh, they, 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 they cleanse the palette very well between episodes, right? Like you get a very unique style with Studio Ardman. You get a very unique style with Studio Mirror. 
And you get another very unique style when you switch to this episode and you go to Studio uh, La Cache because uh, each one, again, I, I will mention again, the, the, the sort of cultural infusion that they're bringing to it, specifically in, in The Spy Dancer, uh, is, is very important and, and much more noticeable in this installment of Visions than it was in the previous one. So I think that's been a real highlight of the series so far. Uh, so when you're, when you're watching, you kind of keep those things in mind. I, I, like I said, I don't think they're subtle, uh, but they're, they're interesting to note. And then you contextualize it with Star Wars in your own, in your own way, in your own fashion. And I, th- I think it helps kind of deepen our enjoyment of all of it. So, yeah, like three really great installments in this block of episodes, four, five, and six. Uh, I, 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 can't, I can't say I've found a dog in the bunch. And, and, or maybe turd in the bunch is a better expression. I love dogs. So I don't want to make it sound like dogs are bad. I love dogs. No, no, no. There's, there's, there's been zero turds in the punch bowl so far, in my humble opinion. And we still have three, three more to go. Uh, and we will hopefully have those watched and reviewed with you guys very, very soon. So thank you for tuning in to another installment of our continuing coverage of May the 4th and Star Wars Visions Volume 2, celebrating Return of the Jedi all month long. And, and we're so glad you're here. This is the Mandavision Podcast. My name is Tom, Nargai Tom. And, and your continued support of small independent Star Wars podcasts is, uh, it just touches me in the heart every time. I, I hear or see from somebody on social media that, that is enjoying the show. So thank you very, very much. Please reach out to us on social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. A great way to support podcasts, and this one in particular, if the format you listen to allows five-star reviews, hey, give us a five-star review. That'd be so insanely helpful to small independent shows like us. We really need that help. Uh, make sure that we don't get get shut out of the algorithm. Make sure that we're getting into feeds for other other people who are watching Star Wars podcasts. So truly appreciate you all who take the time to do that. So thank you very, very much. All right, we'll be back to close out our coverage of Star Wars Visions Volume 2 in the very near future. My, my guess would be uh, Tuesday of next week, but it could be sooner. We'll just have to wait and see how it goes. <laughs> all right, members of Buckethead Nation, thank you so, so much for your continued support. You are all the best out there. I wouldn't be here doing this without your support. And we'll be back very, very soon. Remember, this podcast can only end one way. This is the 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 way. <laughs>